You are listening to the Fancy Free Podcast, where my guests and I tell our most embarrassing, funny stories so that we all feel less alone in our imperfections and forge connection through vulnerability humor. I'm Joanne Jarrett, and I am your host, and today I have with me Marley Frygang. She is a podcaster and an actor, and she also works in commercial production. Marley, thank you so much for being with me today. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you so much for having me. This is such a fun concept for a podcast. I love that we're just like telling embarrassing stories to humanize <laughs> ourselves. It's wonderful. Yes. Oh, thank you so much. So tell me a little bit more. Fill in the blanks about who you are and what you do. Totally. So I currently live in LA, even though I'm originally from New Mexico, and I do go back there very often. I live with my cat, Misty Moo, and and my boyfriend, but most importantly, my cat, Misty Moo. Yeah, I'm just <laughs> living the LA life. I've been here. I went to college here, and I've stayed here since and very much have the entertainment bug. And yeah, it's great. So fun. Okay. What did you study in college? So I actually have my BA in dance, which I have to say I don't use very much. It is a cool thing to say I have. I had a fun up and down experience being a dance major, but um, honestly, I wouldn't have done it any different. But I do like to joke that I majored in my sorority as well. So nice. I was hyper involved. I had a lot of positions. But yeah, so I'm a BA in dance. I'm a minor in theater. I had a great education. I was a very liberal arts school. So it was very fun. Okay, well, let's get to know you a little better with your rapid fire questions. Sure. Have <laughs> This is kind of a no brainer since you do what you do. But have you ever met a celebrity? Yes, like you could say I've met a celebrity. I mean, I'd say maybe the most famous people. I didn't really meet them. I was in the same vicinity as them. And, you know, that was exciting. Because of my commercial work, I have had like the opportunity to meet some like professional athletes, which has been also really cool. Of course, I know so little about sports. So that's another sidetrack. <laughs> You're like, just don't ask me any questions. <laughs> right. I'm like, let's not talk about it. But like, I know what you do and I know you're very good at it. So yeah. great. So one time I went to dinner. I'd never been in this restaurant before. It is definitely like an old Hollywood spot. We were going for my best friend's birthday. And I was like looking around the restaurant. It was totally not what I expected. It wasn't like, you know, new age, like flashy or anything. It's very old Hollywood. And I see this like woman. I'm like, oh my goodness, that is, that's Courtney Cox. Like I'm a hundred percent sure that is Courtney Cox, like within like arm stretch. And I turn my head and I see a blonde lady sitting there and I'm like, Courtney Cox is literally sitting with Jennifer Aniston, like (laughs) maybe like. 30 feet away from me or so like it. It, that was the I that was the craziest like I'd ever been shell-shocked to see a celebrity like out in the wild on some level but I won't say anything I won't go up to them or anything because you do see yeah. them a lot just walking around and like I don't know so yeah I just didn't want to bother them but I mean nor did anyone else but yeah that was the craziest thing I I'd been in the vicinity of that's so fun. I I love them both. And I Same. I probably would react exactly like you did. Like, I am fascinated that they are here. I love that I can do a little observing, but I'm definitely going to let them have their meal and not be one of those people that... Right. I like feel frozen like- by it on some level mm-hmm. too. Like not all celebrities, like I've definitely seen like other 
people, it's funny if you're like an actor, because I feel like I'm an actor, I won't like do the fangirl thing. But if you're an influencer or a real housewife, like I'll probably freak out. So (laughs) (laughs) yeah, it's just like, I I don't know, different levels of how I feel like I can react or something. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, influencers, um, Definitely feed off of that, I think. Actors probably get a little more of it than they have signed up for sometimes. So, Agreed. Yeah. Okay. What movie line gets quoted most in your house? Oh, this was my favorite one. Um, Move out of glacial pace. You know how that thrills me uh, from Devil Wears Prada. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) Yeah. I say it all the time whenever I'm talking about something being slow. (laughs) That's so cute. Tell us about your podcast, how you started it, when you started it, what's your favorite thing about it? That's It's so fun. I lo- Even just the title of it, I love. Oh my gosh. Well, I love the title too, so I'm obsessed <laughs> with the title. So it's called Confessions of a Wannabe It Girl. And it is really all about the idea of filtering out the BS in the world. And, you know, it feels like so much is gatekept in, you know, competitive industries or just like climbing a ladder and that can feel really lonely. So I wanted to really start the podcast. Well, it didn't really start exactly in this place, but to filter it out, to make leveling up and getting your it or becoming the it girl you want to be in whatever field feel more accomplishable while also feeling like there was a focus on understanding that like you don't need to be someone else, like be that it girl, but like you are an it girl like in yourself. Um, Mm -hmm. and really stepping into that. And, you know, it's called confessions of a wannabe it girl, because I think we can all relate to this, but, you know, I think women sometimes will look at, you know, somebody else's life and be like, oh, if I just had X, Y, Z, oh, if, uh, you know, I just had X, Y, Z, but then it's like the person they're looking at is doing the same thing. It's like this idea that we never feel super satisfied just exactly where you are. And it's like, oh, well, then you're always kind of like dealing with imposter syndrome or, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm I'm such a wannabe, like I'm I'm next to the sparkly girl, but I'm not the sparkly girl. And I've felt that a lot in my life. And, you know, but the realization is like a lot of people feel that too. You know, they maybe don't admit it. But that's absolutely. why the title is Confessions of a Wannabe Egg Girl. Yeah. Yes. So cute. I mean, it's just absolutely dovetails with my mission, which is to say, you know, you look at somebody and you compare your insides to their outsides. You compare your mm-hmm. most embarrassing stories with what you're seeing them put out into the world, which is oftentimes so curated. So, you know, it's sometimes those things that give us texture and character are the things that make us so appealing to other people. Instead of hiding them, celebrate them, share them, you know. So, yeah, I love it. Yeah, I've heard this a lot in acting classes, uh, but it's the thing that you don't like about yourself is probably what would make you famous uh, because wow. it's, you know, people love to look at that. And so, yeah, it's mm-hmm. it's very interesting. You know, I remember the first time I was in an acting class and a teacher called me neurotic and I bawled my eyes out because Aww. I was like, that's so unattractive, like blah, blah, blah. Like no one's ever going to want to date me if I'm neurotic, I'm a mess, like da, 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 whatever. And now it's like I so own up to like my type A-ness and my neuroticness mm-hmm. and like that those are the parts I want to play too. So, yes, you know, it all it. starts yes. to even out. You got to embrace yourself like warts and all. Absolutely. Okay. So as you know, the point of this podcast then is to share your not so fancy stories, not only because it's fun, not only because it 
helps our listeners remember that they're not the only fools in the room, but also because sharing these stories is, is a bonding experience. And I like to remind people of that. So what do you have for us today? What is your not so fancy story? Oh my gosh. I have, I think I've been waiting to tell this story forever. In my mind, I was like, <laughs> if I was to become a stand up comedian, this is the story. You know, dumb 20 year old Marley spent her summer uh, in between her sophomore and junior year of college doing a study abroad program. I traveled with my twin and my sorority, which means if, if you don't know, we have the same big. And we were very close. We ironically had the same birthday, which was very wow. crazy. She was a year older than me. And we both decided to do this study abroad course. I went to a Jesuit college. I, I'm actually Jewish, but we have to take upper division theology. So this was a Roman Catholic art course. It, it was hard too, it was, uh, but it was pass fail. So that was a blessing. Thank goodness. <laughs> I did not do very well, to be completely honest, which was oh, stressful God. for me. So we had traveled to Rome. We were there for like two and a half weeks. Like every single day was like very much class. And we had a few little bit of class leading up to this trip too. So after we traveled around Europe, we went to Amsterdam, and then we ended our trip in Ibiza, or Ibiza. I don't, you know, can't really say it perfectly. I had been there on a cruise once with my family. I was like 12, so I didn't, mm -hmm. you know, partake in what Ibiza is like meant to be. So I was very excited to go back. It's such a beautiful place on top of, you know, there's so much there to party and whatnot. And, you know, I'm 20, I'm not even 21 yet, but I've been in college and whatnot. So we are very, very excited to be there. We are loving our time there. I mean, we stayed at the best and safest hotel. I'd just like to note that that went into our planning. Nice. So it's the night before we're supposed to leave. And being the really responsible people we are, you know, we're like, well, we got to go out with a bang. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. And when we were walking, this, it just starts bad from the beginning. When we were walking the streets of Ibiza, getting lunch probably at like 4.30, because we woke up at 12, some nice girl came up to us and was like, here, uh, do you guys want to go to a paint party? And we were like, a paint party? That What's more Ibiza than that? And she's like, I'll give you guys two free tickets. And we're like, amazing, stunning, like blessed, whatever. So we get the two tickets. We take a cab out to like, who knows where in Ibiza. It is this huge warehouse and it is exactly like movies. Like paint is being thrown on you. And, you know, we have a flight at very early in the morning, but like that is like two shades away. Fast forward, uh, I wake up to Rachel, that was my twin, being like, Marley, like, we have to wake up. I'm like, what? And she's like, our flight leaves in an hour. And I'm like, what? None of us had packed. So I am scrambling, throwing stuff into my suitcase. And Rachel's doing the same. But like, we're so exhausted and completely hungover that, you know, everything is kind of a blur. I don't know how we made it through the airport. We walk there. There's a massive line to check in. And <sighs> the only humbling part is like, you're not the only person experiencing this in Ibiza. However, I think I might have personally taken the cake, which was a lowest of low. <laughs> We're checking in and I leave my suitcase and I just instantly book it to the bathroom. I'm starting to like kind of realize what's happening. 
I'm wearing, at least I'm wearing leggings. I am wearing a trashy Ibiza t-shirt with a picture of a girl, which I thought was a funny purchase, which I've never worn since, I don't think. I have my glasses on, my face is completely swollen. And then this is the best part. Uh, My mom had bought me one of those, you know, anti-theft things you put under your shirt to hold your passport and your money. Yes. And I didn't use it the entire trip. And But here I am because I'm so scared that I'm out of it that I'm going to lose my passport. So I have that on the outside of my shirt. (laughs) And And of course, I get super motion sick in cars, not really on planes, but in cars. So of course, we are the one that have to take a bus to get on the plane. Oh, it was like watching oil and water. Like it, they just moved away from me and Rachel. Like it was, I've never felt more like a pariah. I, I don't know how I made it through this first flight. I just knocked out. It was great. I sat in the window seat. I just completely fell asleep. So I'm feeling a little bit better. However, me and my friend Rachel are not seated anywhere near each other on the plane. And for some reason, this plane deplanes from the middle. So we get to London and she's flying back to Boston. I'm flying back to LA. And I get off the plane and I cannot find her. And I'm like, oh my God, where is she gone? Like she's Did I leave her? Is she still on the plane? Is she in Ibiza? Am I on the right flight? Where am I? Yeah, like the question, like I felt like Scooby doing being like, like, I don't know what, what is supposed to be happening? Like, where's Rachel? And I'm calling her, but like the phone won't go through or something. Uh So I'm like on Facebook Messenger, like trying to message her. (laughs) And the only resort I come down to is I have to call my mother. I have to call my mom because I'm freaking out. As a a woman who has a college daughter, I'm so glad you thought to call your mother. (laughs) Oh, she does not like it. But the thought for me, usually when I'm drunk and a little confused is to call my mom. She's learned. She's like, Marley, it's fine. Please stop calling. Blah, blah, blah. Um, So I call my mom. I'm like, I can't find Rachel. I don't know where she is. Like, what do I do? Can you call her? My mom's like, it's 1.30 in the morning here. I'm like, okay, like, call Rachel. I can't lose Rachel in London. Somehow my mom was able to reach Rachel. But for some reason, she just like was going to get on her next plane to Boston. Like, without saying goodbye, without anything. And I was like, Rachel, like, you can't do that. Like, we've been traveling in Europe for, like, a month. Like, you can't just, like, peace out now. Like, what if what if I never saw you again? Whatever. We say goodbye, and then I have the realization that I'm like, London has two airports, and my second flight is from the other airport. What? And I'm like, whole, which I knew. And when I booked this with my mother, I was like, yeah, yeah, it will be fine. This is the cheapest option. And I was like, this might have been the dumbest thing I've ever done in my entire life. You're like, not feeling equipped to pull this off at this juncture. I'm not feeling equipped to pull this off at all. <laughs> and I'm late. Like, I'm running so late because of all this drama with trying to find Rachel. I get my luggage. I somehow managed to get into the car that I had planned to take me to the other airport. And I'm in the back, like, of this car. And I'm, like, really starting to, like... Now I'm actually coming to, like, I'm not stressed and whatnot. And I just, like, I look at my shoes. I was wearing Converse. They're, like, completely covered in paint. And then <laughs> I'm playing with my, like, messy bun, and I touch my ear. And I'm like, huh, 
what's that? And I literally stick my finger in my ear, which you're not supposed to do. And I just pull out paint. So now I'm like convulsing myself because I'm realizing how disgusting I am. And this paint smells like Elmer's glue and something. It's like the weirdest smell. And I'm just so dying in the backseat of this car. So I arrive at the next airport. And I don't know. He was a little on my side that day. I check in. And the airport people are definitely like, ooh, this, she's been through it. She's crusty. <laughs> she's looking a little crusty. The Trashy Ibiza t-shirt is really like a dead giveaway about what's going on. Like it, nothing is left to the imagination. And so I, I drop my bag and I am, I'm like, I literally have to be at my gate like now. But I have not drank an ounce of water. Like I am parched. My mouth is stuck together. Like I'm so unwell. Like, honestly, I don't know how I didn't faint. Like I haven't eaten. I haven't drank. I don't know. I pass a vending machine and I'm like, thank you. And I whip out a euro that I have in the passport protector. And I'm like, amazing. And I press the button and nothing comes out. And I'm like, oh, that's weird. And then it hits me. London is on pounds, no euros. So I was like, all right, well, can't do anything about that. So I'm like running to the gate. Back, I'm like back on it and, you know, temple running basically to the gate. And we get there and they like close you in this little container basically like once like everyone's there. So now you can't leave. Like you're stuck in there. And I'm like sitting in the little container thing. and. They're like, your flight's delayed. I'm like, no, you gotta be. So there I am, no water, like no sense of decency left. Luckily, we board the flight. The lovely flight attendant hands me like one of those mini bottles of water. I Uh. pound it and I'm (laughs) so excited. I sit down in my seat. I reek. I, I'm completely aware of how this looks now. And I just slip completely back into, well, it is what it is. And then the cutest little couple from London sits down next to me. And they're like, yeah, we're going to visit the Grand Canyon. So wholesome. And here I am <laughs> smelling like have paint coming out of my ears. I look like I have been through it. And they're like, yeah, we're going to see the Grand Canyon. What were you doing? And I'm like, oh, I was studying abroad in Rome, you know. Roman Catholic art. I am definitely like dry heaving at this point, that water. I'm trapped. I'm trying to play it cool for them. I don't want this woman and her husband to think I'm like a psycho. I mean, it was literally the worst flight of my life. It was so uncomfortable. Like I'm really, really, truly hungover at this point. You know, it was just beyond uncomfortable. So I get off the plane at LAX. I go through customs. They have this like weird thing where if you're an American, you can put your passport and then they'll take a photo of you. And I guess it checks something digitally in the passport. It prints out this photo of me. You're like, no, 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 please do not document this. I really regret not taking a photo of it now. But in the moment, I was so completely horrified by what I had just done between these all these different places that I was like, I, I will never admit to anybody this this story. I, you know, maybe one day if I get some cool clearance, we could pull that photo. 
I give it to the customs guy, like, but it prints out like on a little receipt. He bursts into laughter. <laughs> and he sees a lot. And he, he doesn't even ask me any questions like, where have you been? What were you doing? Blah, blah, blah. And he just goes, rough day, huh? And I was like, you have no idea. <laughs> He's like, go home, baby girl. <laughs> yeah, he was like, get out of here. Like, you, you, you're not meant for this. And I was like, you're, you're right. I'm not, I'm not meant for this. Um, and then my parents picked me up. And that is the story of how I got oh. home from Ibiza. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and what did your parents say about your appearance? Well, unfortunately, they had some horrible news to tell me at this time that our beloved dog was passing away of cancer. no. I know. It's so sad to like, I know. So I think they were very focused on that, which might have been our saving grace, but they had like (laughs) this balloon for me. It it, it was so wholesome other than the cancer Uh, part, but like my parents are actually like the cutest things in the entire world. I don't know. If I brought it up now, I would love to hear what my parents would think of it. I think it was probably uh-huh. exactly what my dad expected. My mom was probably like, mm, probably not your finest, Marley. Like, wow. <laughs> I think that's what they'd wow. say about it now. <laughs> but really, that is what I mean when I say confessions of a wannabe it girl. Like, you know, here I think I'm living the glamorous life. I'm out in a visa party, but like, I just sometimes just do not have it together. <laughs> But you did get home, and that is impressive. To I me. did. I mean, you you found yourself in the right place, even though you had a wild night. So that's pretty impressive. Yes. Like you, your your neuroticism came in real handy. <laughs> it really did. That passport protector, though, I will never get over the passport protector. <laughs> you have it strapped on the outside of your clothes. You're like, yep, I'm hiding my passport, my one euro, <laughs> worthless euro. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, well, I'm traveling with my boyfriend this summer. And, um, you know, I might just bring out the passport protector, you know, for good measure. Hey, yes. Yeah, for old times old time sake. sake. I might that's put an so air cute. tag in there, too, though, because I clearly have some trauma. Oh, yeah. that's smart. A bottle of water's worth of every single currency that you might need. Yes. <laughs> oh, gosh. Do you have a quick life hack? I think the easiest one that I do is I have like three different laundry bins from the start. We have a dark, we have a light, and then we have like athletic clothing Mm. because then I don't have to separate them and I can just start the laundry and go. And like then, you know, also when our darks get really heavy, I can just do the darks and be like, darks are done. And then like, I can wait till the lights get heavy. And you know, so yes, that is my quick little life hack. Yeah, it takes up a little bit more space. There's definitely ones they make that have like Mm -hmm. the dividers, but it saves so much time of sorting. That's so smart. I love it. I love it. What have you been loving lately that you think the listeners might love too? Oh my gosh. Well, I just read this book. It's such a wonderful book. It's called The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo. And you know, there's definitely, she has a big secret, which is a huge part of the book. So I'm not going to give it away, but It talks a lot about old Hollywood. It name drops places in LA. Like it's just such a good time read. It makes you so happy. It makes you cry. It's great twists and turns. Like it's such a good book that is completely fictional, but it has some like, you know, historical fiction ideas of old Hollywood in it. But it's just 
makes you really like read it and appreciate, you know, like love in your life. And I, I just really like that book. So that's something I highly recommend. Awesome. I love a good book recommendation and I've never heard of that one. Sweet. Okay. Do you have a crazy coincidence for us? Okay. Well, I did mention the crazy coincidence of my twin and I having the same birthday in our sorority, one year older. That was like just so weird. I will tell you that I have the strongest sense of deja vu, like all the time. And I distinctly remember the first time it ever happened to me. Do you remember like Club Libby Lou? It's like Claire's on steroids. Like you could get your hair done there and yeah, the, and the theme was pop princess kind of there. Like it was very like pre-Hannah Montana. Um, and you, you would get dressed oh, okay. up and they'd do your hair and there'd be glitter and whatnot. People had their birthday parties there. A probably. thousand percent. I mean, there wasn't one in New Mexico. The only time I went to one was when we went to Disneyland. Okay. I, I had this dream the night before that my I was going to ask my mom to buy me these stick-on earrings. And the next day we're at Club Libby Lou and I... I see them and I'm like, those are the earrings. And I like pick them up and I am from, from my, my dream. dream. And I'm Weird. like, I've never been here before. What's happening? And I asked my mom, I was like, can I have them? She's like, you have your ears pierced. No, <laughs> like you don't need those, which, you know, whatever. But like, it was just <laughs> the weirdest thing. And, you know, I was, I was in maybe fourth grade. And to this day, I still remember that weird feeling of like, this happened in a dream or like I... I experienced this and like, I think the first time you experienced deja vu was very weird. Yes. Your mind is blown. You, you don't even know that that's a possibility. And then it happens and you're like, wow, that it, it expands you in a way, you know? Right. Crazy. Totally. Crazy. It does expand you. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. And then you're like, what else is out there in this world that I had no idea could happen to me that is totally going to blow my mind, you know? Right. And I've had really vivid dreams that have like come to fruition again. It's just wild. Oh, so crazy. And I'm so curious about dreams. I think there's so much about the human mind that we don't understand. Okay. What is one surprising thing about you that nobody would be able to tell just by looking? purely looking at me, you wouldn't be able to tell that I am dyslexic. But if you text me, it's pretty obvious. Everybody's got something. And, you know, uh, that's been mine. I, you know, I found out Mm -hmm. also when I was in fourth grade. And, you know, just from looking at me, you wouldn't know. I've struggled through that. You know, I think certain things differently and I can't spell and it is what it is. (laughs) Of course, now I can read, but um, I read, I think, more by memorizing what words look like, not by sounding them out if that Mm, makes sense you know mm -hmm. it's kind of like the image of them like if you do that I've seen it on Instagram it's like where things are missing letters um and it's like you know a paragraph and it's Mm -hmm. like that is no problem to me because like I just uh, start to assume what is there Mm -hmm. your brain will fill that in yeah exactly we'll fill it in interesting huh okay tell us what you are excited about right now Mm. I'm very excited to be you know, doing what I'm doing, which is, you know, working on the podcast. You know, I think I've really started to find a deeper meaning to it or like more clear direction. It did not start Mm -hmm. as clear. This idea of realizing like, yes, like I haven't been on, you know, amazing TV shows that everybody would recognize me or, you know, I maybe don't have the largest podcast in the world, but you know, I'm doing what I love and like the realization of like, I'm already on some level, like living my dream, like 
clicking that in, that makes yes. me excited. And you know, all it took was like a little bit of perspective change and, you know, just like gratitude. Yeah. Awesome. So you, you feel like there's definitely like deeper, meaningful meat out of what you're doing. And that, that is so satisfying when you can get to that point where you're like, this really matters, you know? Yeah. And like, I think, you know, especially in entertainment, you can get so lost in the fame and exposure idea and, you know, getting external validation from that. Mm-hmm. You know, so many people get into performative things to get, you know, fame and validation. But like when you start to uncover why those vehicles matter to you, it really changes. Like for me, I've realized that the reason like I am a podcaster and an actor is because like I want to change people's thinking through modern media. And it's like, that can be like mm-hmm. in a good way or just see a different walk of light to have a laugh, to have a cry, like just like, you know, be, have that power to affect somebody is amazing. And, you know, teach other people different, different types of things about the world. And there's so many ways to do that. Well, and that's like this podcast, like we're cha- like you are literally changing how people see like themselves because like they're hearing other people's embarrassing stories and like Mm -hmm. realizing like that's affecting some kind of change like that's what I mean by changing through modern media and like you know social media gets a bad rap and trust me I have my issues with it sure but there is space in there for for some good things so much good yeah yeah for sure Okay. Tell the listeners the places where they can find you online. Totally. So the best place to find me is definitely listening to the podcast. That is where I show up the most consistently. You can check out Confessions of a Wannabe It Girl, wherever you find your podcasts. Um, you know, we talk about behind behind the stages. We have like a uh, technical director on who talks about, you know, working on the Fenty fashion show and staging Coachella to like talking about why you shouldn't multitask. That episode actually just came out. So that's definitely the best place to find me. And then you can find me on Instagram at confessions of a wannabe at girl. My personal, which is slightly more acting focused is Marley Rose Rygang. Awesome. And I will link to all those in the show notes. Marley, thank you so much for being with me today. You're so much fun. And I absolutely loved your story. You're very good at telling it. And I can see why you are doing what you're doing because you are a natural. Thank you so much. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you. You're so wonderful. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for listening to the Fancy Free Podcast. If you want to find all of the links that we discuss in this show, go to fancyfreepodcast.com slash episode 149. And don't forget that Fancy Free listeners get 10% off at Shelfie Shop. That's S-H-E-L-F-I-E-S-H-O-P-P-E.com. Use the code Fancy Free for 10% off the coziest built-in shelf bra loungewear on earth. Have a wonderful week. And remember, no one is as fancy as they look.